This is a Warminster Community Radio podcast. Welcome to episode three of Around Warminster. Uh, my name's Andrew Robinson. This is WCR's BA12 Radio Burst, if you like, covering Warminster and the surrounding villages. And this episode is entitled Downtown. I play on words there. Uh, should people stop talking Warminster down? That's a question I'll be putting to my guest shortly. Plus, we've got a summary of this week's news. Remember, if it's worth knowing in Warminster, you'll find it right here. And later in this episode, a Wiltshire councillor gets a national role. But first, another local voice this week. Uh, I was scanning national news and stumbled across an article from the Daily Mirror. It named the 153 most depressing towns in the UK. And now, to be fair, it wasn't of the Daily Mirror's doing. Uh, the website ilivehere.com commissioned the survey, and Warminster features among this 153. So is that fair? Well, that's a question I put to Leslie Blaine, one of the editors of the 2024 Heart of Warminster brochure. I think it's a really, really unfair um, listing for us. Warminster's a wonderful place. Uh, which leads nicely to the reason you're here, which is uh, that we've got the, the Heart of Warminster 2024 brochure. I say we, I mean, I've, my involvement in this is nothing beyond uh, <laughs> asking some questions. As a town, um, we've got this. So uh, tell us a bit about the brochure. Well, I mean, the brochure, as you know, we produce every year. Um, it's a yearly publication. This year's is quite a special one because um, we've done a little bit of a celebratory front cover to celebrate 100 years of the park. There's more about that inside the brochure if people want to read. But the aim of the brochure for us, really, is to tell people what a great place Warminster is, to really present Warminster in a positive light. And I think if you were to look inside the brochure, you'd see that there's some wonderful places to visit, some great things to do, some lovely places to shop, fabulous places to eat. Um, There's lovely countryside around us. That's all sort of... Uh, spoken about in there as well I think it really just puts that 100 worst places to live list in to bed doesn't yes, it? Yes I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think so uh, so let's give people a, a little flavour um, there's there, there's all sorts in here isn't there, there's some ideas of, of some trails in Yeah there. you can um, follow the blue plaque trail that's actually printed in there so people can go and find out a bit more about the history of the town and then of course there's our secret bird art trail which is very popular, especially with the children as well. Mm. They like to go around the town and find all the little animals, so keeps them busy while they're shopping with mum or dad. Um, and some articles as well, uh, a couple of special ones. You mentioned the park. It's a yeah, very big year for the park. It is a really big year for the park, and actually if you um, look on the events section, because we have quite a large events section in the brochure, it'll tell you there all the events that are going to be going on to celebrate 100 years in the park. Um, But there's a whole article in there as well, and we've got a lovely photograph of the park when it first opened, actually on its opening day, and a picture of what it looks like now, and a little write-up about it all. Because the park really is Warminster's, (coughs) excuse me, Warminster's little gem, isn't it? Mm. It's worth celebrating. Yes, yes, absolutely. And a 50-year celebration as well for another article that you've got. Well, as you know, we're all about supporting local independence, so it's really great to have this wonderful story about Griffin's Jewellers, 50 years in the town, a really wonderful business success story. 
it's fantastic, isn't it? That's, that's fifty years takes us back to my maths isn't quick enough. Eight, seven, seventies, seventies. Yes, seventies. There we go. Yeah. And in all um, that time, the business has been run by different generations of the family. So there's a lot invested in that business. You know, it's a lot of love for it. Um, and the brochure is <laughs> is put together thanks to the the support of a lot of these independent businesses, isn't it? It's a two way process. Yeah, I mean, without the independent businesses coming in and supporting the brochure, we wouldn't be able to make the brochure. You know, it's a non profit publication, so. Everything that's gone, you know, everything that the people have paid for their adverts goes into producing, printing and getting that brochure out there. So, yes, without our independence, this brochure wouldn't happen. So we're very grateful to them for their support. Um, Which leads me to ask why you do it. (laughs) There must be huge amounts of work that goes into... Can I tell you a little secret, Andrew? (laughs) Every year I say, that's it, never again. (laughs) And every year another one comes out. Um... But it's really nice. The reward is at the end. You know, we've got this fantastic brochure and we've been out doing deliveries this week. And without exception, everybody that I have gone and delivered to has gone, oh, fantastic. Our customers have been waiting for this. Oh, brilliant. We can't wait to see this. So it's really nice to see that level of enthusiasm and people actually looking for the brochure. Mm. But the other reason that we do it really is goes back to what we were talking about before. Warminster is a wonderful place to live. It's a wonderful place to be. And we like to make people feel welcome so they can actually find their way around the town they can find what they need we have a lot of um, new army families coming in there's a lot of building happening in Warminster there will be a lot of people moving into the town and uh, quite a few estate agents have got these brochures so they can let people know what's in the town what they can do what businesses are there so it's quite a nice welcome for people too visitors and new people to the town and uh, the front cover has the park looking very well not very different but the boathouse looking very different i love that don't you yes yes the fantastic that's, that's a little sort of balcony <laughs> is it i guess you'd call that almost i think you actually yes. need to go and look up the original photo yeah. and you'll see the boathouse um this is when the park first opened 100 years ago and the boathouse looked absolutely beautiful wouldn't it be great to see it go back mm. like that fantastic um so where can people get a hold of a brochure everywhere i imagine everywhere (laughs) it's probably easier to tell you where they can't get one (laughs) um obviously i guess the main places that people visit quite a lot you can pick them up in the library you can get them at the information place you can you can get them at any of the shops in the town they're all there um some next door in the the town center the civic center so they're there but you can also read it online which is really great for people that are a lot further away so and when I'm talking about a lot further away I am talking about visitors from overseas you'd be amazed how many people read this online and then come to us with lots of questions about the town and planning their visit which is fantastic to think that Warminster's reaching out to all those places well I think Warminster's the kind of town especially with the army here where people move away but they have very fond memories of being here and then when they're growing up and everything, they want to come back and they want to show their children. And so they do come and visit. We are a nice town to visit. And that's what we're trying to show with this brochure, that, you know, we're welcoming. We've got a lot going on here. We've got a lot to see. Come and visit us. Excellent. And when does work start on the 2025 brochure? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I said I'm not doing. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it usually it usually starts around about September. Uh, September, October time, because it does take quite a while to compile, as you'll appreciate. Um, 
And if people are keen to be in next year's, please do be proactive and contact us because we ran out of advertising space in this one so, so quickly and we had to disappoint quite a few people. So, you know, contact us, grab your spot quick. Excellent. Thank you very much for coming in and talking to us and uh, pick up your copy of the brochure. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Thanks, Leslie. What do you think? Uh, Is the survey right? Is Warminster in the 153 most depressing towns to live? Uh, Or is it wrong and an unfair assessment? I'd love to hear your views. Email andrew.robinson at wcrfm.org.uk. Next on Around Warminster, our Newsweek team look back at seven days of local news. WCR Newsweek. Headline. Football club scores its goal. Deferred CCTV decision. MP gets Lloyds Bank closure details. Theft from car. And funding for Park Fun. All this and more this week on Newsweek. Football club scores its goal. After fearing a bleak future, Warminster Town Football Club has been told it will benefit from a £30,000 grant from the Town Council. The club applied for the grant in order to replace its floodlights after the order to switch to LED lamps became compulsory. Rob McFerrin, committee member, said, Our committee and everyone involved with the club were over the moon when we heard we'd been given the funding. It's helped future-proof the club and we don't have to worry for another 10 years as the running costs of the LED lamps are minimal. The cost of running the club's lights is normally around £4,000 per year, but this will now reduce to about £375. The grant application was unanimously approved at the full town council meeting on Monday. Councillor Chris Robbins said of the club, It keeps an awful lot of young people off the streets. Deferred CCTV decision. Selwood Housing recently applied to the Town Council for a £20,000 grant to fund CCTV equipment on the Wesley Estate, which is currently plagued by antisocial behaviour and crime. The application was discussed at a meeting of the Town Council on Monday, where the decision was deferred over concerns about who would monitor the cameras. Chancellor Bill Parks said the CCTV would be a good venture, as it would benefit residents and would support the scheme if it was linked to the Town Council system or part funded by the police. It was agreed that more information was required and that the view of the police to be sought. It was decided to bring the grant application back to full council once they have the police report and verification from Selwood about who would monitor the cameras. MP gets Lloyd's bank closure details. Local MP Dr Andrew Morrison contacted Lloyd's bank recently due to fears that the planned closure of the Warminster branch of the 14th of November would negatively impact certain groups, such as elderly people and those who do not want to go cashless. He requested that he be kept abreast of development and asked for a meeting to discuss how customers would be kept informed of the changes. Beatrice Patel, who is a regional public affairs manager for Lloyd's, wrote to him reiterating plans for a visiting community banker. She stated that the bank had carried out a thorough assessment to ensure that there are suitable alternative services for customers. 
Dr. Morrison raised the idea of installing a link deposit service as well as ATMs. He is pursuing a banking hub to serve the needs of Warminster and its neighbouring communities. He concluded, but there are still many people who need in-person services and at risk of financial exclusion. As long as that is the case, there will be a place for ATMs and banks with a physical presence on our high streets. Theft from parked car. A theft from a car parked in Central Car Park took place on the evening of Sunday the 17th of December. Police are appealing for witnesses, particularly anyone who saw a black 1-series BMW that was spotted in the area between 7.15pm and 9.30pm. Anyone who has any information that may help is asked to call 101. Funding for Park Fun A contract to supply and install just under £35,000 worth of multiplay for the under-fives in the Lake Pleasure Grounds was approved at the meeting of the full Town Council on Monday. A review of the play areas in the town had found that the current multiplay was at the end of its life cycle, having been in the park for 30 years. The funding will come from earmarked reserves for capital projects and was agreed by the council in January last year. Tax rise approved. A small increase in council tax has been unanimously approved by Warmester Town Council for the next financial year. For a band D property, this will be an increase of 1.73%, which is equal to £3.68 per year. For most households, the increase will be less than this, as a typical property in the area are band C or below, and some households receive discounts. Chancellor Andrew Copper, Town Council Finance and Audit Committee Chairman, said... It's a very small increase. After no increase last year, this is good news. Toad decision delay. The decision on whether to apply to Wiltshire Council to close Smallbrook Road between the 14th of February and the 13th of March from 2025 onwards has been deferred by Warminster Town Council. The results of the public consultation from last November were considered and it was decided to seek further information and explore possible alternatives. The Mayor of Warminster, Councillor Phil Keeble, reported that the response and feedback from Wiltshire Council had so far not been at all positive and that there was a low probability that they will accept a road closure. It was agreed that serious consideration would have to be given to the annual cost of the project. The Town Council has proposed installing plastic fencing along parts of Smallbrook Road and buckets for the toads to enter. Sustainable Warminster expressed their frustration at the delay and the suggested alternatives were deemed unworkable. Ecologist Ian Perkins pointed out that more people voted for the toads than some of the town councillors. We had a democratic process and the toads prevailed. The subject of the road closure will next be discussed at a full council meeting on Monday the 25th of March. Carers needed for children. Wiltshire Council is looking for people who would like a change in life to take on the role of foster carers. With a rising number of children and young people in care, more homes are needed. Foster carers are asked to provide temporary emergency care to any child or young person until a suitable home is found. This is typically on a 14 nights on, 14 nights off basis. They would receive £900 per week per child 
and £500 per week when they do not have foster children staying with them. Foster carer Steve said, Fostering is life-changing, and you will need to be dedicated, but it is so worthwhile. Anyone who is interested in fostering would not be disappointed. It is such a rewarding career. You feel you are helping and making a difference in the lives of young people. Wiltshire Council Cabinet Member for Children's Services, Councillor Laura Mays, promised support and training for new carers. She said, Anyone who would like to consider fostering can get in touch with us and have a chat, without any commitment, or join one of our online drop-in information sessions so you can find out more and hear from other foster carers. More information and application forms to become an emergency foster carer can be found on the Wiltshire Council website. Livestock warning to dog owners. Livestock worrying has devastating consequences for both the livestock and their keepers. Livestock worrying is when a dog attacks or chases livestock on agricultural land or is at large in a field with sheep or other livestock. This can result in significant injury or suffering and in the worst cases, death. This causes personal distress and financial losses to the keepers. National statistics show that these types of incidents are on the increase. Wiltshire police want dog owners to be aware that livestock worrying is a criminal offence and can result in the dog owner facing prosecution and a fine of up to £1,000. 64% of dog owners admitted that their pets chased livestock in an NFU mutual survey. The survey stated that the South West had the second highest cost to livestock owners in England. Wiltshire Police have consequently appealed to dog walkers to keep their animals on leads while in the countryside, especially when livestock are nearby. More about livestock worrying and how to report it can be found on the Wiltshire Police website. Police seek witnesses. Following an incident on the B3098 in the direction of Earlstoke, police are appealing to anyone who may have dashcam footage to come forward. The accident occurred at around 7.30am on Thursday the 11th of January. It involved a red Yamaha motorcycle and a red vehicle which fled the scene. The motorcyclist required hospital treatment for hand injuries. Anyone who has dashcam footage from the area at the time or saw anything, it's urged to call 101. That was Newsweek. We've got our quiz to come, but first, John Hubbard has been a Wiltshire councillor since the creation of the Unitary Authority in 2009. Before that, he served as a county and district councillor, always representing areas of Melksham. He's been leader of the Liberal Democrats in Wiltshire, but now serves as an independent. Councillor Hubbard has recently been appointed to a new national role. He's a trustee for the National Youth Agency. He spoke to me about the new position and how it benefits us here in Wiltshire. Well, the National Youth Agency is the um, sort of governmental body, I suppose you could call it, that is responsible for setting the standards and um, requirements for youth work um, in England and Wales. 
So, well, in fact, indeed, across the Commonwealth um, in, in its ultimate responsibilities. Um, and it's, it's the body that um, sets the standards for qualifications for people who want to become youth workers, um, sets out what the requirements of local authorities are um, in terms of what provision for youth work there should be. Um, and um, uh, it used to be, um, if we go back to sort of 20, 30 years, years. It used to be a couple of wonderful government crangos. Um, and then um, I'm sure you like me, me remember when there was this sort of war on crangos and they were all shut down and two or three of them emerged together to form a new charity called the National Youth Agency that took on the responsibility um, from government for overseeing and um, setting the standards for youth work in the United Kingdom. And, um, yeah, so, so today it sits as an um, independent charity, but with statutory powers for, for um, saying what youth work could and should be. So it, it sounds like a, a very important organisation that, that perhaps uh, I, I should have heard of before. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those organisations that... Um, if you're in that sort of, if you're living in that sort of world, then you certainly do know about it. And, and, and it's an incredible honour to have been asked to sit for a year as a trustee. But, but like so many things, if you're not in that world and operating that world, I'm, I think you can be forgiven for not having heard of it. <laughs> I'm sure there are multiple versions of agencies sat next to Ofcom that dictate how you live your life over there in Radio Land. That, <laughs> The likes of me would never have heard of. <laughs> that, you, you have a good point. That that's, that's probably the case. Um, so uh, obviously, not not every uh, local authority, I, I would imagine, has a, a councillor that that sits uh, as a trustee. So, um, uh, how, how did you get get hold of the role? Well, it's an incredible honour because I'm actually the only local government representative that sits on the board. Um, so I'm the sole councillor for the United Kingdom that, that, that sits on there. Um, and um, I, I, I got the role because um, earlier this year I was appointed as a um, lead member of the local government association's Children and Young People's Board. So um, I sit as deputy chair of that. And it's the, the local... LGAs, Local Government Associations, Children and Young People's Board, that nominates a councillor representative to sit on the um, NYA. And um, so it was kind of through that. So it's, it's been a bit of a year of, of, of um, oh my gosh, because, you know, <laughs> I got to, to sit on the National LGA Board, then became a deputy chair on that, and then got given this role on the NYA. So for someone who spent a year working in youth work, been a teacher and is passionate about fighting for children and young people it's kind of christmas come early all my dreams come true this year really in terms of being able to sit on and influence these things yeah um, i was going to say what what exactly is is your role as a trustee going to going to involve well that's that's a really interesting question and i was i i met up with the chief executive of the mia just last week to sort of get an induction and, and, and to find out really, you know, more about what I would be able to do. Um, and, and, and the great thing is that um, what he said is, um, to me, that's really something which I can 
I can make a choice on. I can just sit back like you know some trustees do and give the experience knowledge, or I can sort of pick a subject and, and campaign on it. So I've I've made it very very clear to them that for me, my priority for the year on NYA is about how we can improve access to training and support for assistant youth workers and those who are creating youth work opportunities. Um, if you went back 10, 15 years, youth work across the country was delivered almost entirely by um, your local authority. And your local authority would have a big youth work department, there'd be career opportunities as you change from an assistant youth worker to a youth worker to a JNC youth worker. And gosh, you could go up the chain and it was a very clear um, route to, to, to be able to build a career. Um, and then during austerity, when almost all youth clubs across the country were closed, and here in Wiltshire, of course, we saw every single youth centre get closed, um, and all of our youth work teams made redundant, that career path disappeared overnight. Um, and the problem we have now is they're starting to bring out, as, as the importance of youth work is recognised again, um, and we're starting to see some development and reinvestment in it, they're bringing back out the degree-level qualifications for full qualified youth workers. But as the majority of organisations that deliver youth work nowadays across the country are third-sector voluntary groups, they don't have the finances or are big enough to be able to be looking at employing um, expensive full-time JNC qualified staff. So we're operating using, you know, assistant youth workers. We do some amazing work at a charity I chair in Melchon called For Youth, um, where we're providing youth work, but all of our team are people like teaching assistants who have got extra jobs in the evenings and things like that. They're amazing people doing fantastic work, but there's a lack of training opportunities that we can, we can give for them. So my mission this year is to, to get those what we call level two and level three training opportunities far more available again for people on the ground, particularly in rural areas like Wiltshire. And that links really to my next question, which was going to be obviously the the the, the national youth agency benefits from from your your expertise and you're representing the um, the local government association. I, I guess there, there's a real benefit for for Wiltshire of you you sitting on this uh, board as well. Oh, absolutely, yes. The uh, I mean the, the reality is is that that the strategic decisions there's. There'll be six meetings over the next year, including a, an array day weekend thing that I go on, where we set the strategic direction for for the MIA. We look at what the aims and ambitions will be for the future. Um, and um, the the good thing is is that there'll be someone at that table for the next year who is, um, although looking at things with that helicopter view strategically, like we should, also incredibly mindful of the challenges that we have in rural, large rural counties like Wiltshire um, and the needs of our communities. And one of the problems we see too often in local government when things come down nationally, well, we see too often really from national government and national organisations is they're very, very, very city-centric. 
um, for, for them, you know, they've, they've got the whole of the population of Wiltshire sitting, living within a sort of three-mile radius in, in London boroughs and, 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 you know, your Manchesters and stuff. It's just not the case in somewhere like Wiltshire. We, we, can't, we can't achieve some of the things they talk about as thinking of as the norm. So it's really important that someone at that table who is fighting for our rural communities and saying, you know, we can't deliver in a in a large rural county such as Wiltshire, what you can deliver in the city of London. We have to think of a different solution. So it's time for us to do a quiz, oh, so to speak. Hello. 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 Barry's here. Yes, yes, I'm here. It's a celebrity quiz today. Oh, I'm very good at celebrities. Have you been revising your celebrity knowledge? Yes, I know everything about Lady Gaga and all the other <laughs> pop stars. Yes. <laughs> well, you tell me it's yeah, wrong. Lady, you know, yeah, mm, you know, it's wrong. G A G A. It's Gaga, G- isn't it? G- G- Gaga. It would be G A H G A H if it was Gaga, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, you, yes. I mean, d- no one came up with this argument, did they? When Queen were about singing all about Radio Gaga. Mm, I think it's slightly different. Well, it's the same spelling. What? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Don't know. Mm. Not sure. Okay. Oh, how good that. Shall I get that? Yes, go on. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. I think we wandered off a bit then. Yes, that wasn't one of our best, was it? No, no. So you're going to have to be better when we do the CD, you know. Is that still on the cards? Oh, it's still on the cards. Our special hits favourites. Well, we sing the greatest hits of the Beach Boys and uh, Morecambe and Wise. Will you Not now. Not now. Okay. No. There's a limit to what flesh and blood can take at this time on a Saturday morning. Yes. Okay. Should we get on with the quiz? Absolutely. Quiz Family Robinson got 80%. Oh, blimey. I know. I can't better that, I don't think. Here we go. Um, Bogner Regis in West Sussex was named after which monarch? Victoria, George V or Edward VII? <laughs> Bogner? Bog. No, it's not the Bogner part. I'll give you a Bogner. clue here. It's the other part. <laughs> it's the Regis part. Well, yes, Regis just means royal, doesn't it, really? King, yeah, really? but which one? I know. I, I, I just... Uh, uh, sorry, what were they again? Victoria, George V, or Edward VII? Let's go with Victoria. It was George V. Ah. His incorrectly attributed famous last words, which I can't really repeat on the radio, (laughs) uh, a nurse suggested that he might like to travel to to Bognor Regis, where he'd he'd been uh, residing and recuperating for for a while. Mm -hmm. And his response was, something Bognor. A word that rhymes, uh, that, sorry, not rhymes, that is alliterative. Ah, <laughs> right. Uh, with Bogner. I can think of uh, several, yes. but I think I know the one you mean. Hmm. OK. Um, question two. The Scott Mills Bridge connects the two sites of which motorway service station? Is it Fleet, Nutsford or Newport Pagnell? 
Newport Pagnell. It's Fleet, joined by the Scotland Bridge. So if I get everyone right now, I will only equal the Roberts. I have a bad feeling about Mm. today. I don't know why. The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown was published in what year? Oh. 2000, 2003 or 2006? 2003. That's correct. Whoa! 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%. 10%. The Nobel Prizes are named after the inventor of what? The light bulb, the microwave or dynamite? Uh, Dynamite. That's correct. 20%, 20%, 20%. 20%. 20%. Alfred Nobel. Mm. Uh, Which girl band has been honoured with their own stamps this month. Ah. Little Mix, Destiny's Child or the Spice Girls? Spice Girls. That's correct. 30%, 30%, 30%. 30%. 30%. So at the halfway mark, yeah, 30%. 30%. 30%. Yes, yeah, well, at least I'm not heading for disgrace, am mm. I? Yeah. Uh, the Ryder Cup... Oh. Was named. I oh, know sport. Sorry, uh, the Ryder Cup was named after an English businessman and golf promoter. What was Mr. Ryder's first name? Was he Samuel, Sebastian, or Simeon? Uh, Sebastian. It's Samuel. Oh, Samuel. The Roger Bannister running track is in which city? Cambridge, Durham, or Oxford? Um. Uh, let's go for Oxford. That's correct. 40%, Queen Margaret of Denmark has abdicated in favour of her son. Yes. What is his name? Ah. Henrik VIII, Christian IX or Frederick X? Shrek the tenth. That's correct. Fifty percent, fifty percent, fifty percent, fifty percent. And he's married a good old Australian gal. Yes, Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I, she probably won't be known as that, but yeah, I forget her name now. Um, it's Queen something or other. Mrs. King. Yeah, Mrs. King. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Queen Oz. Mary. I think, Mary? I think it's I think Mary. It's Mary. Yes, I think I it's think Mary. Mary, yes. Is that points for us? Queen yes. Mary. <laughs> Do we secure points there? Isn't that a giant ship or something? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> Question nine. Who was announced as the host of the 2024 BAFTA Film Awards this week? Mm, was uh, it Dermot O'Leary, David Tennant or Graham Norton? Uh, Graham Norton seems to be flavour of the month. How about that? Uh, no, it's uh, David Tennant. David Tennant? Yeah. Former Doctor Who. Yes. Who? What? <laughs> and finally, who played Richard Samuels in the 2008 film Me and Orson Welles? Zac Efron, Tom Felton or Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson? It's Zac Efron. Zac Efron. Yes. So you finish uh, this week on 50%, 50%, 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50%. 50
50 percent. I can take that. That's not too humiliating, is it, really? Not too humiliating indeed. Thanks very much, Barry. What a slogan. Um, that is it for this edition of Around Warminster. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, email andrew.robinson at wcrfm.org.uk uh, or you can call 01985 846 111. We'd love to hear your views on the news and we want your ideas. Uh, what should Around Warminster be talking about in future editions? For more local news and information, I host Community Chest on Warminster Community Radio. That's each Saturday morning from 9 until noon. Details of all our programmes can be found online, www.wcrfm.org.uk and on our app. Listen in Warminster and the surrounding area on 105.5 FM. That's it around Warminster. Thanks for listening.